0: All right, so we are going to do something unique, uh, but that's the way we roll, so I'm kind of excited for it. Today is our final sermon in the Psalms, and this is a sermon not preached by me, praise be to God, but preached by all of you, and or most of you, and uh, I'm really excited to hear how God has ministered to you through this time. And so, uh, without further ado or introduction, I would like to introduce Angela Burke.
1: Hi, friends. Um, Okay, I'll just start. Let me know if there's any audio issues on your end or anything. Uh, So when I was thinking and praying about the formative work of the Psalms for the past few weeks, um, it's been amazing because I do want to talk about the formation of the past few years. But thinking about the Psalms in general and their formation has helped me in the mystery of not even being able to place the beginning of the effects of the Psalms on my life. Some of the very early memories include images of my dad laying on the floor, face down in prayer, with the Bible next to him, open to the Psalms. I remember him just laying on the floor with the the Bible open and his head just on it, crying and reading and praying the Psalms. So I have that image from a a very young age. Um, And added to that are just the the conversations and prayers and songs. I've heard my grandparents use the language of the Psalms and prayer conversation. I've seen letters and diaries written by my great, great grandparents quoting the Psalms too. Um, And if we add to that, the prayers of the saints, just the global and historic church praying for each other, praying for one another and future generations. And I can't even begin to fathom the ways that the Holy Spirit has used the Psalms. Um, in prayers of praise and petition and lament, uh, in the effects of that formation. So the past few years are an ongoing part of that process. And one of the things that I've realized more deeply is that this formational work of the Psalms is continual, that it has started before I was born and will continue throughout my life and, uh, past my life. So that I and we as the church have been given these poems and these songs, And we've been invited into meditation and contemplation uh, all for for the entirety of our lives. And I love academic learning and finding out about the historical and geographical or cultural contexts or literary structures. That sort of thing fills me with wonder and helps me love the Bible more deeply. But I'm also in awe over the way that the Bible and maybe the Psalms in particular worked on the soul in supernatural ways. So we're invited into that mystery of praying and meditating and contemplating the Psalms day and night for the rest of our lives, and we might not be able to articulate the ways that it works because it's also just working below the level of consciousness, working spiritually uh, in a way that we might not, I don't think we're capable of discerning the depth of that working, Um, which kind of makes me think of Psalm 1 right at the beginning of the Psalms. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So I love that the Psalms open right away with that invitation to meditate on this day and night. And points us right at the start towards living water. So that's one thing about the Psalms that's really sunk into my heart the past few years. And this goes for the whole Bible, but also and especially the Psalms, that rather than an academic text to master and understand, this is meditation literature. And it gets to be prayer. And it'll have something for me as an individual and me as a member of the body of the larger church forever forever and for the whole of the larger church forever. So I'm invited into that meditating day and night, and that this is contemplative literature, work that leads me to living water and yields fruit in season. So another thing I've experienced with the Psalms, even just this summer, is the way that it's given us as Christians a shared vocabulary and helped give us voice to our prayers. In the middle of this very difficult year that's been filled with so many kinds of grief, but especially the loss of my father-in-law, uh, Fred, Aaron's dad, I've had so many people from so many corners of my life offer me words from the Psalms. So just this past couple of months, I've gotten texts, had conversations and letters and emails from people who love us, and they've been full of reminders, and uh, full of imagery like we stand on solid ground, that God is gathering us under the shadow of wings, that we're held to God's chest, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, that God's love is steadfast. So I've been reminded in grief that we grieve as those with hope, that we grieve with a God who hears our prayers and that we are prayed for and are praying with a collective body. So I find that amazing and beautiful. Um, I want to leave time for everyone else to talk. But I'll say one more thing about the psalms and soul formation. And maybe this is the main thing, actually, is that the psalms are continually, sometimes gently, and sometimes ferociously (laughs) turning my eyes towards God. So the words of the psalms actually expand my ability to worship and to praise and to wonder. And they increase that ability in me, but they actually diminish me and increase my awareness of God. So it feels like the Psalms actually reorder my soul appropriately and my concern for self can't really hold up in the reflected light of God It's chased away like a shadow. And the Psalms show me where to take my grief and lament, and they remind me where my help comes from and who it is that I'm petitioning. And they fill me with the fear of the Lord and increase my wonder and gratitude. And like so many of the Psalms, Whatever I'm bringing to the encounter when I began reading or praying or contemplating them, the words of the Psalms are likely to have transformed something in me, and the awareness of God has changed whatever was there towards longing and worship by the end. All right. That's it for me. Thanks, friends who's next.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Angie. Jim, if you will come up here. And I want to say, as Angie was speaking, I was reminded that some of us might be wanting to say the same things. And that's okay. Let that echo, say the same thing, um, and let it just echo in uh, the universe to all of us.
2: Okay, Always hard to follow the the great Angie Burke at anything. uh, Great orator and great writer. so the Psalms have always been something that's been special to me and there's two two specific verses in Psalm 119 that I've always held held dear. Uh the first one being Psalm 119 verse 18, open the eyes of uh, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your laws. And the other one being verse 37, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. And so showing up eh, somewhere in the 80s or 90s at this church, 80s or 90s in the Psalms, that is, um, those were kind of the things that I just had on my mind. Okay, what worthless things am I looking at in my life? And um, how is God going to use this to open my eyes to his law? Um, What I discovered is that, God had a plan to prepare me for an interesting 2019 uh, personally in our family with some some deep financial struggles, and then an absolutely brutal global 2020. And as Scott preached through the Psalms week after week after week, God was already there, and all these things from thousands of years ago— continually applied to exactly what we were going through. Whether it be pain or hardship or joy, the Psalms continually lined up week after week with exactly where we are. And as Scott talked about it, not necessarily as a book of law, not necessarily as a book of worship, not necessarily as a book of crying out in pain, not necessarily as any one thing, but as an amalgamation of all of them, it really hit me that the Psalms, in many ways, are the whole of Scripture. Jesus is incredibly present in the Psalms. Thousands of, hundreds of years before Jesus is born, there he is, right in the midst of the Psalms. And... It's this amazing book of incredible heartache, incredible betrayal. Enemies that are once close friends that are now brutal, brutal enemies that seek to kill. And uh, there's anger, there's a lot of anger in the Psalms. Like, I mean, the Psalms are a violent book. I mean, it's talking about bashing out people's teeth. That's crazy. And then the Psalms are this book of repentance, and it's this book of dependence on God. And these are all things I so desperately needed to hear. We had been out of church for a while when we showed up here. um, And frankly, I was coming once to appease Scott, because I'd promised him when he founded this church that I would come once. So I did my once, Um, and uh, we're still visiting. (laughs) A couple years on, uh, the once is still happening. And it was the heart of the Psalms that instantly made us feel like we belonged here. Because instantly what we heard was joy and pain all at the same time. And the way that was articulated not just by Scott, but by... Everybody sitting in the congregation as well. Everybody, you know, Luke and uh, Zaka and all the others that we, you know, we met when we first got here. It wasn't just, there, there wasn't just any one thing. In each interaction, in each gathering we had, all of it was present. And that is really the heart of what gets to me that, it is okay to like laugh while you're crying. I mean, it, it's if you read some of the as we as we did read some of the psalms, you see this like crazy pain, pain, pain. Hey, look, I'm joyful, and joy, 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 oh, joy. Oh, look, I want to bash somebody's teeth out, and it was just this ebb and flow, and that's life. That's my life. That's my life. Um, well, I'm. A parent of two teenagers, that's my life every day. Like, oh, I want to hug you and bash your teeth out. Uh, that's that's life. And so showing up kind of midway through the Psalms was incredibly the perfect time for us. God brought us here at exactly the right time. I am hoping that Revelation is not as weakly applicable because um, that sounds... That sounds brutal, but um, I'm so thankful that God brought us here when he did.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Miss Monina Mitchell. Do you want to hold it or do you want to stand?
3: Um, I don't know. Yourself? I'm going to try to do it with my mask on. Oh, it works. All right. I hate public speaking. You guys will have to bear with me. Can you still hear me? All right, I'm just gonna read what I read. Or I'm gonna read what I wrote. (laughs) The Psalms. The Psalms has been so many things to me. It has given me permission to be me. It has given me permission to explore my feelings, my thoughts, and not be ashamed. It has taught me that prayer can be very colorful, that God can handle my full range of emotions because he made them. It has definitely been a place of refuge and comfort for me. Being in the Psalms for this long has really shown me that God's words are truly living. And I say that because sometimes I really struggle with the shame of the disconnect of my heart, my head, and my hands. I can believe something in my heart, and I know something in my head, but in my life, it doesn't add up. And being in the Psalms for this long, it's shown me God's steadfast love for me and that I can revisit things as many times as I need to because he will be there with me as many times as it takes for me to believe the truth of his love for me and he will go down to the depths with me and sit there with me and he doesn't shake his head at me when I show up again in the depths when I was just in the highs, and it's just this constant up and down and God is constantly there. He's there with me in the low times and he's there with me in the highs. And he doesn't make me feel bad for having the highs and then again being in the lows. He's helped me to connect the areas in my life that has been such a disconnect because of his steadfastness, because of my not knowing that the disconnect is actually an invitation from him to know myself better, but to also to know him better. And that through knowing myself and knowing him better, there's a deep connection there. But before that, it was just disconnected. And the Psalms has taught me that, that that his words, they are alive. And then when I sit in them for this long, and sometimes even longer, he slowly helps me makes the connection. And that connection is relationship with him. Relationship with the Father is not something that I'm accustomed to or know what it's like. And it's probably one of my biggest struggles as a Christian to know what a connection with the Father looks like. And I think... In the Psalms, it's definitely began, it's be, it's, it's start, that work is starting, and I don't know how long it will take, but I'm grateful that God will continue to revisit these old wounds and that he will reorient my heart and my perspectives so I can better connect with him and know what it is like to have a father who loves me wholly. Um, I'm going to end with this. I was with my mom uh, the other night, and she had shared something with me that she hadn't shared before, something that, like, deeply wounded her. And um, she, in the middle of telling this story, she literally put her hands together, and she prayed in cried. And her words were, Oh, God, you see the evil that's done to me you take revenge on my behalf. That was literally her prayer. And I'm sitting here going, and I said out loud to her, I said, mom, you're praying a Psalm. She just looked at me like, what are you talking about? But I locked that in because here's my mom who doesn't know God, but in some way, the Psalms keep showing up in my life. Even if if my mom doesn't know it, she's praying a psalm she's praying i don't i don't know the direct translation to exactly like the god that she she didn't say gods she said god so i want to believe that she's praying to god and just not knowing it but she's literally praying a psalm god you see the evil you take revenge for me and that just spoke to me this week and it gives me it gives me hope um, for an old an old prayer, an old, just heart-wrenching prayer that God would save my parents, that I've given up on because it's, just, it's taken so long. And you guys remember when Tyrone was here and he preached on um, what old dreams or hopes that, that you have that God wants to resurrect. And that, that was the one that God just kind of prompted and like brought back to the surface for me was that, that you, you can continue to pray for your parents, that I am still here. Just because you gave up doesn't mean that I haven't. And the stink of the death of something that Tyrone was talking about was the shame. It's, it's the shame that I feel for, for giving up this this important prayer for the salvation of my parents. Um, Because I do believe that it's so pivotal for my family. If my parents of all people who would come to know God and what a ripple effect that would be for my family. And I can't believe that I gave up on that. But through the Psalms, God is showing me that it's okay that I gave up on that because he hasn't. And here I am standing today saying, God, I don't, I, I wanna pick up that prayer again. I feel like being, I feel like that being resurrected is because walking, also walking through the Psalms, the permission to not feel shame over a death that happened, whether it was because I gave up or I just lost steam, but God hasn't, and I'm grateful for that revelation. Thanks. Thanks, guys.
0: (laughs) Amen. Uh, Vivian? Mitchell? No, it's
3: going
0: to happen. So. Do you want to hold the mic, or do you want to... What's that? Not really. Okay. Are you going to wear a mask? Or you have to- mm-hmm. oh. Please don't look over the phone.
4: Try
0: not to. You have to speak into the mic, please, so that people can hear you. Okay. Go ahead.
4: Good morning. So, unlike a lot of you, Although,
0: I got you. Go ahead, keep going. So
4: I have been fortunate enough to be here since Psalm 1 and um, been able to go through all of the Psalms. And what they've done in my life, they've changed it. Uh, So there's hope for you guys that are younger. (laughs) Life can change as you get older. I was also blessed to be able to share the Psalms with the women at Monroe uh, Women's Gospel Mission. And um, I'm just going to briefly take away from me, but um, I had asked them to uh, also um, speak what the Psalms have done in their lives, and only one responded, but I'd like to share it with you. the Psalms were, to me, a pattern of gathering together and singing praises no matter your social status. Embracing Jesus should be joyful and filled with songs of praise sung with every, every and anyone. And that was from Terry, and I, I'm just blessed that she did uh, respond to the request. For me, um, Angie, like you, the Psalms have opened up mysteries, and, and yet some of them are still veiled. Uh, I also, um, I think Psalm 23 was the first piece of scripture I memorized. And throughout the years as a, being a Christian, I have gone to the Psalms. Usually when I'm down and I go to the Psalms to lift me up. Well, that was before we really started studying the Psalms, because some of them are more, um, more honest than, oh, thou wonderful Lord. Some of them are, Lord, just nail this guy, like Jim said, <laughs> and bash their teeth in. So the Psalms for me have brought an honesty to my faith in allowing me to be honest with my feelings and knowing that God knows them already. I have learned to trust more, I have learned more of his faithfulness, I have learned more of endurance. This is not a quick uh, sprint, it is a marathon, and we are all in it together. And I have just been amazed at how the scriptures going through the Psalms have prepared us for this time that we are all sharing in our lives of uh, of the COVID. And and being aware that God knew about this when we started way back in May of 2016 and preparing us for what was going to be our future here on earth. I feel my life is richer because of the Psalms, and I feel that my walk with God has been made stronger because of the Psalms and that I know how faithful he is and I know that I can trust him and that his grace forgives me a multitude of times. I am uh, grateful that I've experienced this. And uh, I just would like to share the one verse that keeps leaping out of me at, at me. and it's Psalm 1, uh, Psalm 1830, "This God, His way is perfect." The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. And that's the God I serve and the God that I trust and the God that I know will see me through to the end of my days. So um, I thank thank God, and you're just going to have to forgive me. I thank God that he uh, allowed me to see the fulfillment of a vision I've had of having my son teach me. It's a great privilege. So that's it.
0: Amen, Amen. Karina. Uh, Luke, so you know Karina's up, and so find a spot to pull over if you'd like. Do you want to hold the mic or do you just want
5: Okay. Um, I wrote something down, so I'm just going to read it. Um, Ten days ago, I almost died, and nine days ago, I was told I almost died. I did not know how to process the information that my body nearly gave up and that my brain didn't know how close it was to the end. An unknown trauma had entered my body, and my heart was retroactively terrified. My body and mind were exhausted, and coherent thoughts were limited. I was alone because stupid COVID took away the ability to be held by the hands of those that love me. I remember curling up the best I could in the hospital bed and weeping alone in the dark room. I was scared, alone, sad, exhausted. I could barely hold together enough energy to even pray to Jesus, but then the peace of the psalm settled into my heart. I was reminded of the fact that every prayer that could be prayed had been prayed. All the fear, sadness, joy, anger, and love was in these psalms. I didn't need to lean into my own strength or words, the Holy Spirit had provided them long before I existed. That the Holy Spirit could place those words into the mouths of those praying for me, but I could rest. That's what the Psalms have always been to me, a safe haven in the chaos of life. In the worst places and the best, the Psalms offer rest, waiting like a friend with a cup of coffee or tea. Even if I don't have the ability to read the words or pray the words, God provided the words before before time for me. When we showed up at Grace and Mercy, I would come off of about two years of not attending church except for a handful of times because my anxieties were crushing when it came to walking through the doors of a church building. Walking into Psalms felt safe and secure because as a young Christian, the Psalms were, are where I found Jesus. They are the home that I can go back to no matter where I am at in my faith to be safe and welcomed. I hold a scar on my heart where blood family is supposed to be, where they are supposed to hold and protect. It is a scar that Jesus has showed me can never be healed on this side of heaven, but one day will be gone with him. Reading Psalms are a part of the ointment that you put on a scar to help the healing. They are the mother- motherly advice I long for. They are the Father's loving direction. They are a modern day orphan's protection from the storm, storms that rage around me. Whether those storms be practical, financial, parenting, emotional, anxiety, the Psalms are God's whisper into my soul to continue to save me, and even when I can't pray those words because exhaustion has beat me down.
0: Thank you, Karina. Luke.
6: All right, you guys should be able to see and hear me. Okay, cool. Yeah, I am uh, I pulled over in, in Tacoma for almost all this i've been listening this is great um so scott asked me um well so for the psalms um our family was actually there from from the beginning and i remember scott saying that um some of you will have children during the psalms and some of you will get married or all just life changes would happen and i remember Just thinking about that and and wondering what that would be like. um, Joanna um, was pregnant with Felix at the time, and I got the chance to actually preach um, Psalm 3. Um, I believe we were at the um, uh, Marie Chessman's apartment complex where we met Joe at the time. And I've preached Psalm 3 way back in the beginning, um, May of 2016. So there have been a lot um, of life events that have happened. And so that's kind of something that as I read the Psalms from now, I like to think in the kind of the way my brain processes things is when I read something, I'll remember times that have happened and things that have happened that are associated with those. So Psalms is really neat because as I continue to read the Psalms um, several times throughout my life, there are more and more memories that are associated with those and more and more things that that means more and more life instances. So these are other ones that are the most recent and are associated with these Psalms, but I look forward to those continuing. And so one of my earlier memories of, of the Psalms growing up, we would read them a lot. Sometimes, um, for Bible reading, uh, one thing that we were taught growing up, both by our parents and our church is you If you don't know what to read, you can always read um, the Psalm of the day, whatever day of the month it is, and the Proverbs of the day. So that was one. But then when I was 13, I decided to read through um, the whole Bible, and I had gotten to the Psalms around, I believe it was the early 2000s, I think 2004. And I was in the Psalms, and I just remember, because I was only reading a chapter a day, and I was actually journaling about it. And how long it took me to go through the Psalms. You know, one 150 time, you know, divided by 30 days is roughly five months. And I thought that was just an eternity, uh, one at a time. And now we've done four years. But back then I was even more impatient. And I remember we were on a a trip. It was a group of venture crews, kind of like Boy Scouts, but more um up to age twenty-one. And we had taken a whole team from um our whole group from North Carolina to this camp in Colorado that is there. And they allow families of people who have been in the service in the military to come here and have a retreat. And we got to go rebuild this bridge, replace this 40 foot long big bridge and build it. It was a really fun project. But I remember because we all talked it was a Christian camp, we talked about Bible reading in the morning and I go, Oh yeah, I'm suffering through the Psalms. And and I remember the guy I was bunking with, he's like, suffering through? Those are so uh, powerful and worthwhile. And I was like, oh, I guess you're right. And that just changed my whole perspective on it and, you know, spoke to my heart in a different way. I, I'm not sure how the Lord used that, but it's just really neat because I always remember those words when I think about it. And I'm like, suffering through? No, I get to be reading these and I get to be rejoicing. And I think thinking through that, the big thing for the Psalms for me, the big takeaway is that I have to be not enough. And the Psalms are kind of the great equalizer. They are something that everyone suffers with some sort of pain, some sort of heartache, um, some sort of trauma and trouble. And we've realized that even more so now during this pandemic, that everyone is suffering. Everyone can't do what they think they could, regardless of your status to a certain degree. And that's like the Psalms. The Psalms are there when we stop trying to fix it ourselves. And for me, I feel like the Psalms are there when I try to stop fixing it myself and pray to God and trust him and say, I don't know how this is going to work out. This is a mess. I don't know. This doesn't make sense. This is unjust. This pain is too much. Where are you? You've hurt me. This has happened again. And that's where it's basically the guidebook and more like the example of what those prayers look like, what crying out to God looks like. And where we can give him what we have. And so that's been my continual growth path is to trust God, be okay saying that I don't have it all together. Psalm 131 verse 2 says, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. And then before that, Psalm 131 verse 1 says, oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. I have a tendency to always want to be right, to always think there's only one way, um, to always think that I have to fix or give advice or provide some sort of solution to try and alleviate a pain or a suffering or make something work better. Um, And sometimes that's a, a good and a noble thought. Sometimes I want it to work better so people have more money or more time to do other things. But more than that, there are many things that God's not called me to fix, and I don't know how. Or I can give all the advice I want, but until people are ready and or asked to help or out of my control, there's nothing I can do. So that's my heart's prayer, my biggest takeaway from the Psalms for me personally, but also I think that applies to to all of us in that way. Um, They just invite us to trust God, to lean on him, and uh, to give up trying to be self-centered and and self-focused. And so one verse that that I'll close on, and I have uh, several more thoughts. Um, One was I went back and looked at my notes in Psalm 3, and I believe it's online. You can go back and listen to it as well. But uh, Eugene Peterson and his commentary there, um, I'm going to switch over to my notes. So you're going to see my video go away, but I want to get it, get this quote right here. Eugene Peterson, uh, this is from his book, uh, Answering God, pages 35, 36. He said, the language of prayer is forged in the crucible of trouble. The language of prayer is forged in the crucible of trouble. And then I'll close with one of my favorite verses from the Psalms. um, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth. So those are just a few times and a few of my thoughts and uh, really appreciate what I was able to share.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you guys. Thank you all very, very much. And if you guys would, let's take, uh, there's no better way to end the Psalms. So let me pray. Father, will you take um, all that was said today? Will you seal it on our hearts? Lord, will you seal it on our minds? Lord, the things that you have done, may you never take away, but allow them to continue forever and ever. And I thank you for this time. I thank you that we took a long time to do the Psalms so that we can get all this rooted down into our hearts and our souls. And so Jesus, just continue to be with us and continue to uh, help us cry out to you. In Jesus' name, amen.